Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast, where we talk about winning at life by building a stronger spirit, soul, and body. I am your host, Elizabeth Myers, and it is so good to be here with you again today. I am very excited about our guest, Meredith Swift. She is a four-time best-selling author and has just recently launched a new book, and she is here to share with us her journeys and her struggles and her triumphs over domestic abuse. So thank you so much, Meredith, for joining us today. Thank you, Elizabeth. It's really great to be here. So tell us a little bit about what you do now. Uh, you're an author. I have a, a website and the links I think should be included. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, am, I have taught kindergarten for the past 15 years, but I'm just about to start a new job. In Australia, we have it's called the National Disability Insurance Scheme. So that helps people with disabilities. So I'm just about to start a new job writing positive behavioural plans for people with disabilities. So I'm very excited about that. That is awesome. Yeah. Thank you for your courage yeah. and willingness to share your story with us today. Can you just tell us a little bit about how you got started on this journey writing this book? Okay. This book is, it's my third book. And each of my books examine a part of my life. This part of my life was the journey of domestic violence, which I was in that journey for a good 20-odd years. I left and reconciled with my husband probably half a dozen times over those 20 years and finally divorced in 2015. And when I was uh, in the refuge, the last time that I separated from my husband, my ex-husband, I really wanted to find a devotional because I was pretty much wrapped with guilt. I wasn't following what God wanted me to do because God honours marriage. And I really would have welcomed the encouragement of a, a Christian devotional specifically geared to women coming out of domestic violence or any sort of trauma and abuse. And around about oh, maybe 2018, the Lord started prompting me to write a devotional, the devotional that I wanted to read when I was in that refuge. So this was the reason why I wrote this book. And yeah. tell us again the, so the title of your book. The title is Out for Women, and it's a 40-day devotional of comfort, hope, and healing for women breaking free of the shackles of domestic violence. Mm. Yeah, yeah so that, it's a 40-day devotional, yeah. That sounds very much needed and, and probably, like you're saying, not a topic that people write on a lot. No, I couldn't find anything. And the way that I write my devotionals is that I'm guided by the Holy Spirit. So it's like Jesus is speaking directly to me in the devotionals. So that's how I ended up writing this particular devotion. Yeah, I searched, but I couldn't find anything that was like the book that I've written. Yeah. So what are some of the topics that you cover in the devotional that to bring the healing and comfort to women? Yeah, okay, so I'll just open my book because it's interesting, you know, after I've written the books, it's hard to 
really remember what I've written. Yeah. But <laughs> I have I that too. <laughs> read out some of the things. Some of the topics about nothing being wasted, about leaving us beauty for ashes, taking our burdens, that he's our foundation, uh, about repentance, about him being a safe harbour, cleansing power of tears, that there's no mistakes, choosing forgiveness, uh, and that was a big theme because vengeance is the Lord's and there was a lot of bitterness and so forth that I needed to work through, so that's in the devotion as well. Fears, relinquishing fears, setting boundaries, dissolving bears, loosening my voice because in domestic violence, really, I had no voice and a lot of women uh, that I know, their voice is taken from them. Being refreshed, being planted and bloomed after the violence, after the abusive situation has gotten free of. And just really the might of Jesus, the might of our Saviour who can lift us up and carry us through every situation, who's the ultimate healer, who's our all in all. So that was there's some of the things that's in the book. But, yeah, I never really knew what I what would come through and I cried a lot of tears, very cleansing tears when I wrote the book. So, yeah, it's just some of the themes there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. So I, that's not a situation I've been in myself, but I can just imagine how Mm. difficult it would be to extricate yourself from this intimate relationship that's damaging to you. But I think just as you mentioned, even Mm. more so maybe for Christian women who then also feel that guilt of this is not how this was supposed to be or what, how did you wrestle through that whole resolving this? I need to get out of this relationship and knowing God's perspective about divorce and how that influenced you and how can you just speak to how Christian women can, can deal with that in a healthy way? I wasn't a Christian for most of my marriage. So I became born again in 2010 and my marriage ended 2000. I got divorced in 2015 and I reconciled with my husband many times because I truly, I wanted the marriage to work. And when I became born again, I I thought, well, pray to God for him to be the wife that my husband needed. That would be my prayer. For many days, I over the years, I would pray that prayer. And I knew that God, he wanted us to be in a marriage, but what I was experiencing was not like my husband didn't protect or provide for our family, which is a very ungodly way for a father to, or a husband to be with his wife or a father to his children. He wasn't cherishing myself or my daughters. I have two daughters, one with very significant special needs. No protection, no provision, um, no cherishing, no equality. And all of these are themes that as I grew in my journey when I became born again, these are all the ways that God sees women where we're taken from Adam's rib to to be protected and to be after and cared for. And the more I'm, domestic violence is so intricate, there's so many layers 
there's pride in there, but there's also extreme fear. You just get brainwashed and, yeah, it's very difficult. So it's not just a question of why don't you just leave because there are so many layers to it. So really, to just backtrack, it's really about the scriptures strengthened me. I had godly women around me who just supported me where I was at and um, gradually I knew that uh, I couldn't stay in the marriage and the marriage ended uh, in quite a horrific way. My husband was very physically violent to me the last the last night that I left for good uh, and, yeah, and God spoke to me well because my prayer was to become the wife that my husband wanted. But on the night that he abused me for the last time, he actually punched me in the face. And I remember I was at the top because we had a split-level home and I was at the top of the stairs and I heard God's voice say, this stops now. It wasn't like the still small voice. It was an audible, almost like the sound of thunder. And um, I write about this in, in my, my um, second book in a bit more detail. But, yeah, it was so clear that God did not want this for me and I was able to to get free and without a shadow of a doubt because God spoke to me with such authority I knew that I, I wasn't to stay in the marriage that mm-hmm. the marriage was finished so yeah yeah I'm smart yeah. I'm, that breaks my heart to hear that but I applaud your courage mm-hmm. and your obedience to God's voice and that you can now encourage and inspire other women who unfortunately are dealing with situations like this. Did you, I can just imagine I wrestled with a time in my life where I was just really disappointed that God wasn't answering my prayers for healing. When you become a Christian and then you turn your marriage over to God, did you go through a time where you struggled with why isn't he fixing this problem for me? I did. And I write about it not so much in this devotional, but in my second book, which is my testimony of how I came to faith, I was like, I felt like the Israelites in the desert wandering round and round um, with no, no fruit and just barren in this wilderness and, and dry. Yeah, so I did. I wrestled with that a lot as to why, why can't I just become a Christian now? And my husband... He he said he was born again, but really his actions didn't back that up. So, yeah, yeah so I did realize where I go. But, yeah, because I had no hope in the marriage, God was my hope. So I just clung on, thinking physically, just trusting that, that I would get that answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I thought it would be the answer that this is what you've got to do to be this is what you got to be the wife, your husband, but it didn't end up like that. Yeah. 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 That's how we, I think as, especially as Christians tend to fall into that fairy tale thing of if I do X, Y, Z, then, you know, I follow God's thing, then he's going to work all this stuff out for me. At least I can speak for myself. That's how I was. I call yeah. that my fair weather faith, yeah. you know, before my trial. And then yeah. later I came through that with a stronger yeah. faith. That's not based on God answering yes. my prayers the way I think he should. Yes. Um, but that's a hard yes, yes, walk. Yeah. 
You mentioned these women that were were by your side, which is awesome that you had that support. As you're going through that and the the end of your marriage, how was the church or your friends as a whole? Were people supportive or did you receive judgment from people who are, why are you doing this? Or were people understanding to your situation? No, I would say that everybody was understanding when it came out about what was happening. And they did support my ex-husband as well. But, yeah, there came a point where he decided to leave the church, not because of any judgment, but because of his own things that he was grappling with. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because we were getting divorced. But, yeah, no judgment at all. People Mm. were just very kind and just very supportive. So it was great. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm glad for that. Yeah. So had that been something that had been hidden for years and nobody suspected or knew other than these women that you were working with? Or was it had it been an ongoing thing where people were supporting you and they knew what was going on? No, it was very much hidden. Yeah, I didn't speak about it at any great length for quite a while, even after the marriage ended. Yeah, bit by bit, as I found my voice, I could speak more and more. But, yeah, it was very much hidden because there's so much shame, there's so much guilt, there's just so much stuff that goes with domestic violence. Yeah, it's hard. I imagine the enemy would twist Mm -hmm. things around and somehow make you think it was your fault that these things were happening. But that's how my brain works. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, things like, if you did this or if you did that Mm -hmm. why are you making so angry all this all the that horrible voice that sneaky yeah yeah constant yeah so what kinds Mm -hmm. of things did you try to do to fix your situation or to help the marriage you talked about trying to be the wife that he wanted you to be what kinds of things did you try either on your own or with god Lots of prayer for a start, the prayer that I prayed quite constantly, but also being even more subservient than I was already. I mentioned about not having a voice while I really just shut down and didn't question him. He had a quite a a big drug habit and that was quite difficult for our family too, but, and I was working And so I'd just hand over my money that I earned, which was our money, but he would spend it on things he shouldn't really have been spending it on. So anything that he wanted, I complied with, basically. Yeah, and and that was really difficult because, no, because the more I did that, the more abusive he actually became. Mm. So it didn't work the way I thought it would work. He became more abusive and, uh, yeah. So as yeah, you so look back, can you see hard. what lessons God was teaching you in that difficult time? Are there, I believe that God can redeem things that we surrender to him. Is there yeah. um, good yeah. that came about in your life or in your character and your walk with God through this painful journey that you were on? Yeah. Oh, so much good. So much good. Like he restored my voice for a start. I was start expressing myself. He restored my home. He restored safety for me and my girls. He gave me a sense of beauty in very simple things like 
when you're in domestic violence, even making a cup of tea or coffee is not a simple thing because at any moment your husband can explode about simple stuff like that. So making a cup of tea coffee and being in silence and just resilience and the hope that I had with God that transcended all human hope because I really felt like I had no hope except that hope that God gives through his scriptures and just the walk with and in my life I started writing my books after I got free of the violence and yeah I haven't seen my ex-husband I don't even know where he is now haven't seen him for many years and yeah I and just that empathy for other women going through what I went through and just knowing that it's so multi-layered and just sitting mm-hmm. with women who've been through it and listening to what they have to say. So God really has restored my life and mm-hmm. made it so much richer through having been that through that experience. Uh, yes, I, I love yeah. the verse in Genesis where I think Joseph says, you meant this for evil, but God is using it for good yeah. and for, for saving yes. other people. Yes. And I, yes. I, God can do that in our painful experiences. Yes. Oh, for sure. And just the, the process of writing the books, because in each of my books, I touch upon the domestic violence in some capacity. And just writing those books has been so healing and healing for me, but also for people who read them. So that's been amazing. Yeah. So yeah. what? let's just imagine a woman listening to this who's maybe dealing with a similar situation. Maybe it's mm-hmm. her own private scary trial that she's going through. What encouragement or wisdom hope can you share with her today you know she's a christian woman to just keep praying keep close to god because i used to journal a lot but when i was married i had to stop journaling so i journaled in my earlier years because he would read it so because god and jesus is available 24 7 you can still journal but in the speaking you can download to him yeah. You know, and your husband need never know about that. And just know that there is another, there is a plan God has for your life. That's what I would say. Because for me, when I look back at the life that I led, it was very much the enemy's plan that God used for good and turned for his glory. Because all of those lies, all those the things that be women down, they're all from the enemy. They're not from God. Nothing good comes from the enemy. I would also, I read up a lot about narcissism as well because when I read husband was, he was actually incapable of a safe and healthy love. So he just didn't have the capacity for it and that was very freeing as well. And God revealed that to me as well that whole aspect, which I never knew about for many years. So, yeah, and I would just, I would say to 
you the woman listening to just yeah use those scriptures where God how much he loves us as women mm. being cherished one Peter is really a great book Corinthians just any of those promises that God has the Psalms are beautiful mm. you know and pray those Psalms pray them for your own self put yourself in the Psalms about what God wants for you mm-hmm. um, as a woman. So, yeah, so that's there's something as well. So. Yeah, I know for me personally, I've read my Bible over the years. There are some verses that I trip on when it comes to women, particularly in the Old Testament. And I, I almost feel like God doesn't like women as much. But what has helped me so much is studying Jesus and the Gospels. And mm-hmm. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've yeah. seen the Father. And look at the way that Jesus yeah. treated women with such respect and dignity. They were a huge uh, supporter. They followed him. He appeared to them first yeah. at his resurrection and said, hey, go tell the guys that that I'm alive, that yes. I've been resurrected. And then in the, yes. the follow-on ministry after he ascended back to heaven, women were prominent yeah. in all of that. And so there's yeah. verses in the Old Testament I don't understand because I'm not from that culture and different it's just things that I scratch my head and go, this doesn't make sense. But looking at Jesus yeah. and seeing the way he treats women, that's how God wants us to be treated. Yeah. 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 And all the women who are marginalized, the woman at the well, mm-hmm. um, and Rahab back in the Old Testament. Yeah. Deborah, like Deborah was a marginalized, but there's women of power all through mm-hmm. the Old Testament and the New Testament. And just... Yeah, I love that image of Eve being created from Adam's root because she's like the soft organs and mm-hmm. he's the protective bones that cover. And that, and I love that. I love that image, mm-hmm. you know, where the softness and he's the protection. Our husbands are supposed to protect us. So if the there's a, a woman basket. out there now who's in a difficult relationship with her husband, I imagine if you're in that, it's hard to know when okay, this is not healthy. I imagine for a time it builds up. So what would be a, a cue to a woman of, hey, this is really serious. You need to reach out for help outside your marriage. Or I, I can imagine crossing that boundary of physical violence might be a big yeah. cue, but there's other types of abuse too that are more subtle. So how, if the yes. woman's struggling and yes. she's wondering, is this really bad or is it something I can fix myself or... What advice do you give her to know when should she get help? For myself, I knew that my marriage was not healthy. I knew that, like, it nagged at me. But each time I left my husband, it was a, a snap decision when things got just too bad and I, I couldn't, I actually couldn't stay because of my physical safety. I feared for my life. But... I don't know if it's like this in America, but in Australia we have a lot of, we have domestic violence helplines and things like that. And so if you can find someone to talk to, if you can find friends who are your friends and who won't judge you and try to open up about what a marriage is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Because... Part of the domestic violence is you become desensitised and you're always being told and fed these messages of 
that are so twisted. So you're always doubting. Oh, am I really seeing it this way? Is he really that? Is his behaviour that bad? Mm-hmm. There's so much in it, but you can, if a woman can find the strength to just have some women to speak to, women that she knows, or even women that she doesn't know, to affirm to her what a healthy marriage is. But yes, it's difficult yes. because, like, I had to run. Like I said, I had to run straight up. I, I didn't have my plan of attack that I followed. I didn't get out of the marriage one day and packed my bag and got my house packed up. I had to flee. So, and a lot of women in this situation, that's not pretty, but sometimes it takes that to go to a safe place mm-hmm. uh, and start to, you know, get that help that you need because, yeah, it's not what's planned. It's just not what's planned to be in that yeah. violence. But I can imagine there are women in that situation who feel trapped or they don't have a choice, maybe even for financial reasons or to just pack up and leave and maybe they don't have a close family or a place to go. I, I can just yeah. see a lot of barriers yeah. to becoming free from that. Yeah. Oh, there's enormous barriers, outside barriers and inside barriers. What's going on in your own mind? And I don't know what it's like in the US, but in Australia, like we do have a very good system, like we have a very good social security system and like a woman can go to a safe place and have a whole lot of financial support open to her, emotional support open to her. Because I never went to my family. My family were three states away. But, yeah, I had enormous help from refugees, you know, safe mm-hmm. places to go to. And they come alongside you, get on your feet. Domestic violence has so many layers, as I've said so many times, and you have to come to that point in yourself. I had to realise part realise that my codependence on my husband was part of the problem and I had to really, it was so hard to really just break free of that. It took years. It still is ongoing, mm-hmm. even though I haven't been in for many years. So there's, it's about, like, he's like an addiction that whole relationship can be like a bad addiction that has you in its grip. So there's a lot of layers to it that you've got to work through. And there's a time, there's God's timing, I find. But, yeah, many women have gotten free and you've got to hold on to that hope that you will, that God will work things for his good, mm-hmm. for your good and his glory, yeah. But it's hard. It's really hard to no, it's just tricky. So bad. as you've worked so with difficult. ministering to people in these damaging kind of relationships, have you come across uh, a situation where it's reversed, where it's the the man who's suffering the domestic violence? I know that is a thing, but it's rare. I have heard of it definitely. Yeah, which is just as debilitating. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm, definitely. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. What Any about sort of abuse? You know? Yeah, definitely. Let's say that I or someone listening had a friend maybe who was in this kind of situation or maybe suspected if you suspect your friend is struggling with this kind of thing. 
how can a person who's not in that relationship help the person who's struggling in that kind of abusive marriage? You just got to let them know that you're there for them. And it's easy to give advice, but when someone is in domestic violence, they just need support more than anything else. And they need to be able to know that there's people who love them and support them no matter what, you know. But you can tell, I can tell if a woman's being abused. I can see it. But women will keep it hidden. So if you don't, give your support and when the time is right, hopefully. So what are some cues that would tell you that someone is struggling with this? Just the way they are around their husband. You can see in their body language how they start to, you know, like shrink it around their husband. Just the way their husband speaks to them, especially in social situations. And just if their behaviour becomes more and more withdrawn. But domestic violence affects all women of all demographics, all social statuses, rich, poor, all colours, all creeds. It affects everybody and men too. It can be anybody. And I think it's important to encourage women that if this is happening to you, that it's not your fault. It's not that something's wrong with you. Or I know in any relationship, we all bring our own hurts and baggage and issues and trip ups to a relationship. When we're talking about domestic abuse, that you can't put that on yourself. That's not your. No, no, you can't. No, no, because a husband and a wife are meant to work through things together. They're meant to be mm-hmm. there for each other, but in domestic violence, it's not like that. Everything, right. the whole family is geared towards what the husband wants and walking on eggshells the whole time. So we're all in a row, but everyone is stressed. It's not a happy home at all, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah, there's no equality. Yeah, you can't you can't put on yourself that this is your fault. This is not the way a marriage is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Not in any way, shape. Mm-hmm. So, if you had a friend that you suspected was dealing with this, how do you open up that conversation to encourage her to share with you? Yeah, just always saying, "How are you doing? Are you okay?" Are you really okay? Stuff like that. Because if you have a friend, a close friend, you do know them. You know how they are. And if you can see that gradually over time they're becoming less and less of who they actually are, then that is a sign. And also unexplained answers from social occasions where they used to maybe be in those on go to those social occasions mm-hmm. because they might be bruised or battered and usually the bruises you can't see because they your husband will hit where you can't be seen you can't be seen but yeah just always letting them know that you're there for them no matter what that's really all I can say because it is so hard and it has to be up to the woman to come forth and trust people 
because trust is completely eroded in domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And also the fear that if your husband finds out, friends who you do trust, you just got to keep those lines of communication open because there is a fear that if your husband finds out, you'll get triple payback for opening up to your women and friends. So they have to be very discreet and trusted and, yeah, just always, okay, how you doing? Mm -hmm. What's happening? And just journeying along, like journeying along with them because I couldn't do much with my women friends when I was in that marriage. A lot of it came afterwards after I was out of the marriage. So it's a very precarious position, but, yeah, always, are you okay? How are you doing? Mm-hmm. What's been happening? Yeah. I would think a, just, a key step for a woman would be yeah. starting with trusting God and praying, mm-hmm. Lord, show me who else can I trust? Who can I take this to get help? Yeah. Yeah. And asking the Holy Spirit as well for help. You know, Holy Spirit, can you lead me to the people who can help me? Can you lead me to the people who can give me comfort today or who I can give comfort to as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, some women some women are killed, we know this. So it's, yeah, it's just a very hard situation mm, to break yes. through. And, I, and we haven't even really addressed the children too, but often a woman needs to get help to protect her children as well. Yeah, yeah. And my girls, they were young teenagers when the marriage broke up and... Yeah, there's whole other layers still coming out there about you think my ex probably was sexually abused to my special needs daughter, Mm. which, you know, that's a whole other heartbreak in itself because my oldest daughter, she can't speak, so she can't say, but she's 25 now, but, you know, like it has come to light, just different sort of things which I won't go into. And my younger daughter now, she's 23 and we're still processing stuff about what they went through. So although my ex wasn't physically abusive to the children, he was emotionally abusive to them. And, of course, being abusive to their mother is one of the worst things you can do to mm-hmm. a child. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's That's just and every age, like even... Yeah, and even from little tiny children, like every stage from babyhood right through carries its own. Like a two-year-old child can have significant trauma from witnessing and being in domestic violence. A baby can, you know, right through. Yeah, and they're not able to process it in mature ways either, which makes it more challenging, I can imagine. Yeah. It does, yeah, it does. So, yeah, all those levels. But, uh, yeah, there is hope, and the hope is Jesus. He's the hope, mm-hmm. the author and finisher of our faith, and just cling on to him, mm-hmm. keep praying, and he's the way. Was there a particular that. verse that gave you hope or passage of scripture during this time? There were lots. But, yeah, I would say the Beauty for Ashes one, 
I'll yeah. give you beauty for ashes and the joy of all the more. Mm -hmm. That was the one that really, that just spoke to me so much mm -hmm. because, yeah, it was like ashes and mourning and grief and desolation mm -hmm. and that beautiful, just a beautiful image, beauty for ashes. Yeah. They're just diametrically opposed to each other, you know. Mm -hmm. And the devotional, I have, I have lots of scriptures with each um, entry. Yeah. Oh, there's just well, so many, Elizabeth. Yeah, Beauty Fresh has to be that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, um, yeah. I will put some resources for women who are struggling with this into the show notes. And for anyone who is listening or watching to this broadcast on Facebook yeah. or on YouTube, yeah. uh, please feel free to jump in the comments and list any resources that you are aware of. Yeah. Um, so we want to yeah. give hope to women who struggle with this, but we also want to come alongside and, and offer the practical help that is available. And uh, so let's yeah. work together and do that to support yeah. one another. Meredith, I thank you so much yeah. for your courage and boldness in, in, first of all, getting out of that situation and in, in taking yeah. charge of healing and walking through that with Jesus, but then also to boldly share that and give other women walk alongside them through this so can yeah. you just tell us tell yeah. the listeners a little bit more about where they can reach you or what other resources you have available yeah. okay my website is www.meredithswiftauthor.com if um anyone wants to you go there they'll see all my books but if they want to shoot me off a message i'm happy to give a free kindle version of the heart for women book to anybody who wants it and all of my other books are there. Mm -hmm. I have resources in the back of ocean. Yeah, domestic violence, health and prayer ministry and things like that in Australia, the USA and the United Kingdom. So there's some resources in there as well. My website has a blog, which I'm a bit inconsistent with. I'm hoping to get a bit more consistent with that next year. And the latest book that I have out, which is just, it's a collaboration with other Christian writers and it's called Hope When It Hurts, The Scars That Shape Us. So that's just come out in the last couple of days so people can search for that on Amazon. That's a, a whole, there's some beautiful, they're all amazing devotional and testimonies in there so they give a lot of hope. So that one is available too. And, yeah, if anyone wants to message me, I'm happy to, to chat and to talk. Yeah, anytime. Yes. So, yes. yes, thank you. There is a difference between USA and, and Australia. We can make it work. Yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Elizabeth, for, for giving me the opportunity to be on your show. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you for joining us. It's talk with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, My we definitely pleasure. want to out to, to women who may be hurting in, in secret ways and uh, yeah. connect them with hope yeah. and with help. And uh, so I thank you for making that available to women who are in this and then also mm. for educating us women who are not dealing with that of, of what to look for and how to help and how to come alongside yeah. each other and support. I think that's yeah. very a very important topic that we don't talk about as often as we should. Yeah, yeah, that's it. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I hope I've been helpful. Definitely. And, uh, 
Yeah, we should probably close in a word of prayer, maybe. Do you yes, think? I, I would appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Heavenly Father, our precious Jesus, we just thank you so much for being with us at this time. Lord, we just thank you for all your blessings, for your heartful women, the beauty for ashes that you give. And we just ask that you cover those women and men who may be hurting at this time, who may be just feeling like there's no way out and helpless and trapped. We just ask that you whisper into their spirit your words of soothing comfort and that you give them a fresh anointing, that you that they can align their will with yours, Lord and that you can guide them to the people and the resources that need uh, to break free of the terrible entrapment that is domestic violence. And Lord, we know this is not your plan for our lives. We know you have a good and glorious plan for each of our lives. So, Lord, we just ask that you cover every hurting person's situation with your precious blood, the blood that you poured out that redeems us and cleanses us from all harm. And, Lord, we just thank you for all your blessings and for being our saviour, our, our beautiful, merciful, overcoming saviour. So we pray all this in your overcoming name of Jesus uh, and we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray, amen. And thank you very much, Meredith. It's been a pleasure to talk to you this morning. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah. And your testimony. Yeah. Thank you for your ministry, Elizabeth.